I went into the doctor and he said, your levels are so good, you're doing so well that we're going to decrease your medication and you don't have to see me for another year. Welcome to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to yet another episode of the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. My name is Jake Singer. I'm your host, and this is the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. Today is one of those days, guys, where I am just not feeling it. I have so much to do. I have so much stress. I have scheduled conflicts that are happening when I thought everything was laid out like it was supposed to be. It's just one of those days where you just want to put your head through a wall. But I'm here and I'm getting it done and I know that this is all temporary. That's how you have to see it. And just take a moment to like take yourself out of all the hype and everything that you go through in your head that gets you all stressed out and worried and just like relax, take a deep breath. Realize that in the end everything will be okay. We're all floating on a giant rock through space and are apparently evolved monkeys or whatever the fuck you believe in. I don't care. But the point is, it's not that big of a deal most of the time. So (laughs) welcome back, guys, to yet another episode. I have an awesome interview today. This is a lovely woman. She is my friend uh, locally here in Pittsburgh. I was happy to have her on the show. She is somebody who has suffered from a autoimmune disease um, for the last few years of her life. Well, I guess for a lot of her life, but she recently just got diagnosed uh, within the last few years. And coming to the vegan diet recently, she has seen so many amazing benefits that have helped her uh, on this journey to have better days. Not only that, but she has an awesome blog uh, where she shares her tips and insights on healthy eating and healthy lifestyle, vegan lifestyle, plant-based foods, all that good stuff. Um, She's a photographer and she's also studying to be a nutritionist right now. So she just basically has it all going on. But I won't do too much talking. I will let her uh, share her story. And I hope you guys really gain some value out of it. It's it's really compelling and it's going to make you guys realize that you have a lot to be grateful for and things could be worse. So that being said, as always, if you like the episode, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps out so much to spread the show and get it on a larger platform so that more people can hear this message and more people can be inspired and um gain some knowledge and insight from this podcast. So I appreciate it as always, and I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Pamela, welcome. Thank Thank you for being here. It's so nice to do episodes, actually talking face-to-face with someone (laughs) and not just doing them remotely, which is fine, by the way, because I get to connect with people all over the world. But it's cool to have a local, I'm not going to call you a Yinzer, I'm going to call you a Pittsburgh person. Yeah, I'm more, not much of a yinzer. Yeah, no. <laughs> As most of the world would say, someone from Pittsburgh is a yinzer, but no, we're not going to go with that. We're going to go with what else would you say? What else would you call someone from Pittsburgh? A Pittsburgher. I mean, a I've Pittsburgher? heard that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. The more classy. Yeah, the Pittsburgh more, type. More nothing, classy n- title. Nothing against <laughs> all you yinzers because you are yinzers surrounded. Are and I don't want anyone coming to, you know, do mean things to my house. But <laughs> no, that's the last thing you need. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for coming on the show and being willing and open to talk yeah. about basically how the vegan diet has helped you in your life and your personal journey. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are going to be able to resonate with this, hopefully, mm-hmm. and um, be able to gain some at least, you know, insight or hope from your story. So, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Absolutely. So with every interview podcast that I do, I start off with a pretty big question. Um, and that is, you know, what is your mission statement for life? What do you want to do while you're here on earth? Well, what's interesting is I actually noticed uh, this little quote that you have up here. And that's pretty much my uh, my mission statement for life is really just to lead with humility because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times and in many areas of life, we don't have enough humility. Um, and if you just look at the state of the world at the moment, if we had more humility, I think we would all be a lot better off. Yeah, I go out into the world knowing that I don't know everything and there's always something that I can learn every day. And especially there's always something that I can learn about myself. And I fully believe that you are going to be different people through different chapters of your life. And there's always something that you can learn about yourself, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And you have to look for that in other people as well, that, you know, other people can teach you something throughout different periods of their life. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. It's a lot of people are set in their ways, huh? It seems that way. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for the listeners who obviously can't see, uh, the quote she was pointing to is up on my vision board. And it's a quote <laughs> by Jay Leno, actually. And it says, I think high self-esteem is overrated. A little low self-esteem is actually quite good. Maybe you're not the best, so you should work a little harder. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I should like read that. or Because <laughs> I'm like, no one can see that. So. It's all good. We're just going <laughs> to communicate with them telepathically. We're all, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll we're, know exactly we're on what that I'm level talking here about. on this podcast, so... We're all just one big connected. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving through life as a unit. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's those vegan superpowers. Uh-huh, right? yeah. People don't know that. Plant based power. It yeah. Gives we, you don't, we don't tell people because we want like, you know, we don't want everyone to have it. Mm-mm. We're a special breed. Kidding. We want everyone to know about the vegan lifestyle. That's what we talk about all the time as the joke goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so talk about your life growing up. Um, the path that you took to get you to where you are today um yeah it's a very long one so you know get yourself some popcorn maybe some you know put some nooch on it maybe you know get a a Lacroix or something and settle in uh because it's a long one I got the Aldi's uh Aldi's brand Lacroix the The Aldi brand is pretty good though pure aqua Mm -hmm. grapefruit edition Whole Foods has Waterloo have you had Waterloo no what is that Oh, it's so good. And for, I think, maybe three or four dollars, you get 12 cans. Okay. And they have black cherry. They have watermelon, mango. It's delicious. It's the same thing. It's just like yeah, pretty sparkling much. water. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's, it's wonderful. Um, so now that I've, you know, just derailed us, get us back on the <laughs> No, no, no. That was, that was my fault. I totally did that. I'll get us back on the path. Um, well, I grew up in the Monroeville area. I lived there for 13 years. I spent most of my time outside. Uh, my mother was always taking us out into the woods um, to go on nature walks or do fun things. I specifically remember spending a lot of time in the woods behind our house. I would always build like a teepee or, (laughs) you know, and I always loved animals. I was always obsessed with animals. We had a ton of animals growing up. So we had 
two Basset Hounds growing up, Saturday, which my sister named when she was three, so <laughs> thanks a lot, Amber. That was like the dumbest name ever. Really? Um, I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> eh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then we had another Basset Hound named Gunsmoke, and he was just the perfect dog, the most wonderful animal that anyone could ask for. Um, I had African tree frogs. I had hamsters. I had tons of fish. I had kissing fish at one point, and that was really cool. Literally fish that kiss? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else I had, but we always had animals growing up. Um, my mom was always fostering, you know, like stray bunnies, or one time we found a turtle. So I was always surrounded by nature and animals, and that's something that restores me and uh the universe everything around me restores me so um that has constantly been a common theme throughout my life which you know we'll get back to that you know when i talk about my vegan journey um so i lived in monroeville for 13 13 years and then we moved out to the Irwin area which is like probably an hour and a half from here uh so that's where my parents currently reside um so I have a very interesting educational experience, which I think has definitely uh, fostered the traveler in me. Um, so I went, I have done every type of schooling out there. So I did cyber school, homeschool, private school, public school. Oof. Wow. I did a year and a half at community college. Um, I did three years at Geneva College, which is where my degree is from. Uh, and then I did a semester at Pitt. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. You've been around. Yeah. So I, I'm a traveler by, you know, just like nature. Um, I'm trying to think of like what else I can tell you. Uh, just talk about, you know, let's say after school, you know, what did you get into? You're a, you're a photographer you have a blog now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what happened after school? What did you get into? So I started out um, in college as an elementary education major, and then I changed it to writing, and then I changed it to public relations. So my college education took me on a few different paths, uh, but they all led up to photography, and I couldn't be more grateful for it because I do genuinely feel like the reason you make mistakes, you're you're supposed to make mistakes. Like You make mistakes on purpose, and I feel like the universe wants you to make mistakes because it's ultimately going to lead you to where you're supposed to be. Right. Um, so when I was in college, uh, my husband now, who I was dating at the time, uh, bought a Canon Rebel T3i mm. just for fun. And he was going to use it. And he had, you know, these dreams of grandeur and, you know, he's going to take tons of pictures, but he didn't. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think he took maybe like five pictures on it. And then one day I picked it up and said, you know, can I use this? And he said, sure, go ahead. So I just, you know, used the camera just for fun. Um, and then we got married and we started traveling more. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to take a couple classes at CCAC, the community college near us and, you know, see if I learn anything, you know, meet new people. So I took a night class at CCAC, which was literally like five minutes from our house. And it was really just me and a bunch of old people (laughs) with their cameras, the old people that, you know, wanted to take pictures of their grandkids, which honestly was kind of cool. You know, it kind of just goes to show that your life doesn't stop at a certain point or a certain point um 
you know, you're just going to continue growing. There's no finish line. Yeah. yeah. And that's like something that, you know, gave me hope like, hey, I should continually learn new things. So I got to meet a lot of cool people. And then after I took a second photography class, I decided to, you know, maybe get into portraiture. And it honestly just led me down this path of, you know, asking a bunch of models in the Pittsburgh area if I could shoot with them. And then here I am now. Yeah. <laughs> and now your photography has taken kind of a different route because mm-hmm. you have your blog. Yeah. Which is mostly, you know, food and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That has been challenging for sure because I feel like a lot of people really have an eye for setting up food or mm, yeah. set, and, and I I do feel like it's a muscle that you know I have to work out but I'm getting there I'm yeah. working on it but um yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. sounds like you had a pretty adventurous uh youth uh definitely <laughs> it was it was something. Um, there were a lot of negatives to it because I felt like I had a lot of learning gaps as a kid um, because I went from a private school to a public school to a cyber school and all the curriculums were different, um, especially going to a Protestant like Christian school was different uh, than going to a public school. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I also feel like it gave me the ability to blend into a bunch of different groups so I feel like that was definitely a positive from that. Yeah, I think that's definitely like a, a really positive thing for kids who either like move a lot mm-hmm. or have a lot of different experiences. Like you're able to be able to like fit into any so, so, like social situation. Yeah. Social situation. Mm-hmm. Say that five times fast. But Because um, <laughs> I think some people get stuck there. They're like homeschooled their whole life and then they don't get out there. Mm-hmm. But I guess there could be a negative side of that too if you feel like you know, you're not truly, you don't know who you are if mm-hmm. you're putting, trying to insert yourself in so many different ways. But Definitely. I think it's good to have those social skills, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so the theme of this show is really, you know, going to revolve around chronic pain and how that relates to the vegan diet. You know, at what point in your life were you, di- first of all, just tell us what the diagnosis is because you told me earlier and I already forget (laughs) and I'm not going to remember again and I'll probably keep forgetting for the show but talk about what that diagnosis is and and when that happened Mm -hmm. and kind of how your life changed from that point yeah so this story is a little more concise than you know my growing up which was like all over the place so growing up I, there were many times where teachers and my parents thought I had learning disability, like learning disabilities. Um, and I also had really bad brain fog and I'll explain that later, but it was really hard for me to retain information and I was constantly tired as a kid. Like on one hand, I had a lot of energy, but I expelled it very fast and looking back on it. I wonder if that was, if that had to do with my autoimmune disease. So the signs were there when I was growing up, but things didn't really start to, like my symptoms didn't really start to like hit ahead until I was a sophomore in college. So the summer of, the summer going into my junior year of college, I would eat something 
and get violently ill, just get very, very sick. And up until that point, like that had never happened to me before. I could pretty much eat whatever I wanted to. Right. Um, and I was also experiencing like really weird symptoms where I would like feel like I was really, really sick all the time and I couldn't sleep enough. I would never feel rested. I would never wake up feeling like, oh yeah, I can go throughout the day and, you know, conquer everything. Right. And I remember a couple times my husband, who like I said was my boyfriend in college, would say, I've never met anybody that said they were sick all the time or, you know, said they were tired all the time. He's like, you do realize that you say that you're tired all the time, like many times throughout the day. And no one had ever pointed that out to me before. But now that I think about it, you know, I was constantly saying that from probably the age of 13 till up until that point, maybe like, you know, 20 years, 19, 20 years old. So... I went to a doctor, and his automatic response was just to put me on depression medication. Of course. Because he said, well, you know, it's probably just anxiety. Maybe you're depressed. So he put me on this awful depression medication that caused me to gain a ton of weight. uh, And it also just made me really angry. Uh, which, I mean, I was already a pretty feisty person anyhow. (laughs) I have always been a very feisty person, but it made me super angry and it caused me to gain about 60 pounds. Oh, wow. And I'm a pretty small person. Yeah. So that probably didn't help either. That probably just exasperated my symptoms. Um, so... I stopped that depression medication and then went on something else. And that that kind of helped a little bit because I'm sure the fact that I was sick all the time was giving me a lot of anxiety as well, which just, you know, is an awful cycle whenever that happens. So cut to, you know, maybe like four or five years later and it's, I think, 2016. So I had been married for a year at that point and... It was December because I remember we went to Iceland. So we went to Iceland in December 2016. And the week before we went to Iceland, I felt awful. I just kept feeling worse and worse and worse. So I went to a, you know, like an urgent care, like MedExpress right up the street. And I said, my glands are really swollen. And the doctor said, well, you probably have... um, you know, just like a cold, we'll we'll give you, you know, like an antibiotic or something, take that and you should be fine. Yeah. So, um, I took it and maybe it helped a little bit. We went to Iceland and I was sick the whole time, exhausted the whole trip. I mean, but you can't like, you know, it it was very distracting though. Cause as you know, like Iceland is just like one of the most gorgeous places on earth. Um, But I was sick the whole time. So a few weeks after we got back, I was still feeling like really, really, really sick. So I went to the doctor, like my local uh, primary care physician. And he said, well, you probably have mono. Um, You know, that makes sense. You know, you're kind of achy. You've been tired a lot. You can't get enough sleep. So he did, you know, a test for mono and he said, well, it came back positive. So I said, okay, well, maybe it's just mono. So I waited a couple of weeks. 
Um, cause you know, mono can last a while. Right. So I waited a couple of weeks. I waited a couple of months and I went back to this doctor another time and he snapped at me, like legitimately snapped at me and said, listen, I told you, you have mono. There's nothing else wrong with you. Uh, you'll be perfectly fine. Wow. You know, just like drink, you know, drink a ton of water, rest, whatever. Um, and it's interesting because my in-laws go to the same doctor. And the next day, my mother-in-law went to the doctor for whatever reason. And he said, oh, um, please tell Pam I'm sorry. I snapped at her. And I was just having a bad day. And it's like. Yeah. If, <laughs> you, yeah. What? Like, that's not. That's very unprofessional. A, yeah, exactly. If you're having a bad day as a doctor, like, don't take it out on a patient. Yeah, Jeez. especially a patient a, a patient that has, you know, been feeling super, super sick. You know, I'm having a bad day, too. I'm not right. taking it out on you. Your right. your job is to set my mind at ease. Uh, but that is just super unfortunate. So a couple more weeks go by, and it gets way worse. So I have decided that I am going to uh, go to a different doctor at the same practice. Because at this point, like, I just, like, want to punch this doctor in the face. Because uh, it's just making me so mad. Yeah. So I went to a different doctor, and I will never forget her. I will never, ever forget Beth. She quite literally probably has saved my life. Wow. Uh, and I even sent her a letter after I was diagnosed and said, I just want to let you know that, you know, ev nobody believed in me except for you. And these are times, you know, in your career as a doctor that I hope you remember is that, you know, you really made a difference. Yeah. So there was one night where I just like hit my breaking point and I was laying in bed crying. I, I, I couldn't move. It was hard for me to walk. I was really sick. So I went to this Dr. Beth at the same practice and she said, all right, what we're going to do is we are literally going to test you for everything under the sun. We're going to test you for Lyme disease. We're going to test you for an autoimmune disease. We're going to test you for, you know, we're going to test your rheumatoid factor. We're going to test all these different things. And she said, if it doesn't come back positive for anything, then, you know, we're going to fight until we get you an answer. So I got probably like 10 to 15 vials of blood taken. It was Ooh, just like, there were so many rough. vials of blood. And uh, as like my results came in, so it's like the UPMC portal, you get your results really fast. Yeah. And they tell you if there's a flag on any of your, your tests. And I had quite a few flags, especially with um, like my ANA levels, which test... Now, I could be wrong about this, so, like, you, you may have to Google this, but um, I believe the ANA levels test, like, the amount of inflammation in your body. Okay. So, it was, like, the amount of inflammation in my body was, like, pretty darn high. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of other things came back with a ton of flags on them, and I was like, yes, finally I have an answer, <laughs> which... You're like, almost relieved to, uh, like, yeah. have something just so you don't feel like you're crazy. Yeah, and some people would be like, oh, well, that's, you know, kind of weird that, you know, you're really excited about this, but, I mean, the fact that, you know, there was something wrong and I got an answer was just wonderful. So... They sent me to a rheumatologist, which is a specialist doctor that treats inflammatory diseases. So I had to wait about two months uh, because specialists can, like, the wait list is pretty long for them. So I went to my rheumatologist, and he, you know, I told him all of my symptoms, and he said, 
I think that you either have lupus or something in the lupus family. So there is no exact test for lupus. It's just a number of different tests that they do. Um, I think they test your kidneys, they test you know your ANA levels, and a bunch of other things to make sure that um, the inflammation in your body isn't like catastrophic. So um, he did some additional testing and he said, okay, you know your levels came back bad but not not horrible so he said I'm pretty sure that you have something that's called undifferentiated connective tissue disease or UCTD there's also an interchangeable term for UCTD called latent lupus so um he put me on a medication called Plaquenil, which is what they also use to treat, I think, malaria. Oh, wow. Um, so it's a pretty a pretty intense drug, but it really decreases the inflammation in your body and keeps your levels pretty, pretty stable. Um, so I have something called undifferentiated connective tissue disease, and it is an autoimmune disease that attacks, attacks the healthy tissues in my body. So it mainly attacks like my joints um, and some of your major organs. <laughs> wow. So it may not, you know, attack my healthy, you know, internal organs, but it definitely does attack like my connective tissues. So I have like a lot of joint pain, um, particularly in my knees and in my left shoulder and in my like left part of like my SI joint. Um, so the medication that they put me on drastically helped. Um, so yeah. it takes about like six months for it to like really build up into your system. But that made a huge difference. And so if you could like label it or mark it on a scale from one to 10, I was at like a probably before I went, I was at a zero, yeah, <laughs> like a wow. negative 10. Uh, and when I went on the medication for about six months, like at the six month mark, I was probably at like a five. Wow. Just like general, like well-being. Yeah. yeah. So even though a five was pretty low, that was, that made a difference. So. Wow. Yeah. And that was in June, 2017 was when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. So and now is that, I mean, is that common to have that? Is that a common autoimmune disease or? Because I know, like, you hear, like, lupus is, you know, I feel like at least generally known mm -hmm. by everyone as an autoimmune disease, but I've never heard of, you yeah. know. Uh, undifferentiated. So the lupus is a mixed connective tissue disease. And the reason why my mixed connective tissue disease is labeled undifferentiated is because I have many different symptoms of many different diseases, but I don't have one particular idea identifying characteristic for me to be labeled under lupus or labeled under multiple sclerosis or, you know, ulcerative colitis, alopecia. So I don't have um, anything to label me exactly under that. So undifferentiated connective tissue disease is an autoimmune disease itself. So it it's kind of confusing. So technically it means that I could transition fully to lupus, but the earlier that you get diagnosed, the better off you are, which right. is, you know, the case for a lot of things. Um, and I, well, we'll get into that, but um, I definitely 
uh, have lupus symptoms, though, and I'm on a lupus medication. So technically, that's what it is, but technically, that's not what it is. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of confusing. So that's the undifferentiated part of it. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like autoimmune is like an area that really isn't completely understood yet. No, they don't know a lot about it. Actually, uh, if you have an autoimmune disease, you cannot give blood because they don't know exactly. They they just really don't know that much about it yet. What exactly? for someone who's listening who has no idea i mean what exactly is just generally an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. like do, and and maybe where it stems from if they have the answer to that or yeah so uh as most people know your immune system is your body's defense against outside invaders so say you come in contact with a cold virus that comes into your body and your uh, immune system is like, hey, something's wrong here. Sirens go off and your body does everything to get that out of your, yeah. get it out of you. Um, but when you have an autoimmune disease, your body mistakes healthy tissue as an outside invader or it attacks, you know, for people who have alopecia, that's like extreme hair loss. So they don't have eyebrows, they don't have eyelashes, no hair on their body your immune system attacks um, hair follicles. Or if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, your immune system attacks your thyroid, like the butterfly-shaped gland in like your throat area. Or if you have um, multiple sclerosis, I think it's the deterioration of muscles, I believe. Yeah. I'm not really sure 100% what it attacks. but um, So your body is mistaking you know, itself as an invader. So you can imagine, you know, what it's like to have the flu, a flu virus, you know, you're exhausted, you're tired, you feel weak, you feel achy. That's what it's like with an autoimmune disease. But there are some autoimmune diseases like vitiligo, which is, you know, the the pigment autoimmune disease. Uh, I believe Michael Jackson had it. The uh, model, I think her name is Winnie Harlow. She has it. It attacks your skin cells, I believe, and it causes discoloration, like big patches of discoloration. There are not a lot of, I don't think they deal a lot with like chronic fatigue or pain. So there are some autoimmune diseases that don't really have like that many symptoms aside from like outside factors. So it just depends on which one you have. Yeah. So do they know why the, the body mistakes? I mean. Yes. I looked it up before I got here (laughs) and I honestly don't remember, but I think the body is missing some kind of something or other. And so it causes your immune system to get confused. But the thing is, is that like over 50 million Americans have an autoimmune disease. There are now over 100 autoimmune diseases on the autoimmune disease list. And women are, I don't know what the percentage is, but are more likely to have an autoimmune disease than men. And they're finding out, you know, there's a lot of research that's being done and they're finding out a lot of different things about it. But it, 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 the autoimmune diseases are still really a mystery. That 50 million, that's a lot. It is a lot. That's what, like one eighth, one seventh of the population? I don't What's know. There, like, oh, I know it's like <laughs> over 300 million in America. Yeah. That's wow. a, it's a lot of people. So That is a lot of people. So this is like a pretty big thing. Yeah. Even psoriasis, the skin condition, that is an autoimmune disease. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, can be controlled. Uh, with most autoimmune diseases, you will have a flare-up, which is a quick onset 
like burst of symptoms and that can last for days at a time, weeks at a time. And the goal with just about any autoimmune disease is to just really keep those symptoms in check. Yeah. And to, you know, not completely eliminate, but at least, you know, minimize the amount of flare-ups a person has a year. Right, because there's no cure. Mm -mm. Yeah. Nope. Wow. So, so you finally get diagnosed and you start taking this medicine and you feel better. Um, has it kind of just stayed like that since, or, you know, was there moments where it got worse or, <laughs> you know, gotten Ooh. better? Um, the thing with being told you will have something for the rest of your life that causes extreme pain, it's almost like a death. It's, it's the death of what you thought your life was going to be like and it cause it it can cause severe depression and it certainly did with me because i didn't want i never thought that i would be the person you know you you see people on tv that you know do interviews or you see you know youtube videos about people that have these life altering conditions and you never think it's going to be you right and then it happens to you and you realize that your life is going to be different you know, if and when I have children one day, regardless of, you know, how much I, how hard I work, I'm going to be considered a high-risk pregnancy, regardless of how old I am. My chances of getting preeclampsia or gestational diabetes are much higher than most people. Um, if I, you know, if I have a baby, I could pass on certain things to my baby and can make the baby sick for the first couple of weeks or... Um, there are many thing, many factors with that. So that's like, it's, it's discouraging, but that doesn't mean that I can't live a full life, but it's very difficult to accept it. Yeah. So I definitely went through depression and a lot of tears and a lot of pain. And the other thing is, is once you've been diagnosed, you have to figure out a whole new way of living your life. Because, you know, a lot of people that have autoimmune diseases like UCTD or lupus have something called activity intolerance. So if you're around people and you're doing a ton of things, it exhausts you and that makes you sick. Yeah. I have to really, really plan out my day, plan out my week. And if I don't, I get exhausted. Traveling exhausts me, and that's one of my favorite things to do, but that is, it just takes a huge toll on my body. So I I had to figure out exactly what it was that I had to do differently, and sometimes you really just don't want to do things differently. <laughs> you want to live normal, a normal life like everyone else, but there is definitely a an acceptance it, like I said it's like a death or like a breakup because you're breaking up with the life that you knew before so it definitely I stayed at a steady five on that scale from one to ten for a while and I would constantly have flare-ups so I would say out of 30 days I probably had three good days and that's not good at all wow yeah it it, it wasn't it wasn't a happy period so so even though the medication was helping it still wasn't mm -mm. it was just like a more tolerable yes, existence. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. What did you do to shift your mindset out of that depressive state? Mm, well, the one positive thing was is that I was already going to therapy, and I'm a big advocate for therapy. I think everyone can benefit from it. You learn so much about yourself in therapy, how strong you are, what your weaknesses are. So 
I had already been going to therapy just to deal with some self-esteem issues that I, I had had, you know, way before that. And my, so like my therapy during that time could not, it, the timing could not have been more perfect because I had just had been working on my self-esteem issues. And then as I was like, you know, settling down with those, I had been diagnosed. So it was the perfect time. Yeah. And I I remember saying to my therapist, you know, I feel like I shouldn't have anything to complain about because even though I have something for the rest of my life, you know, there are people out there that won't live past the age of 30 because of a condition they have. She said, you know, there's something that's very important that you need to remind yourself of is that we're all struggling. And just because somebody's struggle is more ominous than yours is doesn't make yours any less valid. Yeah. Um, so that was something that really helped me was, you know, just to accept the fact that, you know, what, this really does suck. Just live in the suckiness for a moment and, you know, allow myself to feel what I was feeling. And then I would say the second major thing was to snap out of it. Um, once I allowed myself to feel what I was feeling, I just snap out of it because in the autoimmune community, it's very easy to feel sorry for yourself. And I think it is important some days to feel sorry for yourself and say, yeah, you know what? This really does suck. And I, and it makes you more empathetic for other people that are going through it and say, Hey, you know, I'm going through it. You're going through it. It sucks for everyone. Um, but it's very easy to feel sorry for yourself and you can't stay like that for very long you 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 have two options it sounds very cliche but you have two one of two options you can either lay down and die and be a chronic pain blob or (laughs) you can get up off of your butt and help other people that Uh, are experiencing what you're experiencing or at least be a positive message of light in the world for somebody else so those things help me yeah that's amazing that's that's right up my alley because it's like i've suffered with depression before and Mm -hmm. like you said yeah you have two options you can either give in and that's it or you can you know wake up every day and say hey my purpose is something beyond myself Mm -hmm. you know like i need to be my best so that i can Mm -hmm. help others yeah that's what i think it comes down to i mean and and it relates it's funny how it relates to so many things whether it's dealing with chronic pain or depression or even just being motivated to do like a, a task or a goal or have a certain lifestyle like for instance, you know, I want to do more content creation. And when I wake up every day, like one thing that motivates me is like, okay, your message is, is to create like a better world for like people and animals. And like, so if you're not getting up and doing that, you know, like this, this thing is counting on you. So it's like almost like finding your purpose in life, finding what you're here to do, finding something you're passionate about that helps something beyond just you, I think is so incredibly powerful. And I think it's, it's something a lot of people don't tap into. You know, we worry about ourselves a lot, which is, which is great. You should, you should be in a state to be able to be your best. But beyond that, if you don't have something else that you feel like you're a part of that, you know, will go on without you, then I feel like it's so easy to just pick that first route of just like, okay, I'm going to just lay down and, and die. Yeah. Because when it's you against you, it's it's such a harder battle, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, I could I could sit here all day and and justify 
why I shouldn't do anything and just sit on the couch and watch Netflix. And like my brain will do a great job of telling me <laughs> like why I should do that. So like when you're in a depressive state, the same thing is going to happen. Like mm-hmm. you're, it's going to be so easy for you to like make yourself feel bad and justify just not doing anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gives so, you an excuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome that you've come to that insight because that holds a lot of power and it, I feel like it will hold a lot of power for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the vegan lifestyle, the plant-based diet, whatever you want to call it. When did that happen in the midst of all this craziness happening in your life and your, and your diagnosis? And let's just talk about how it's helped you, what your experience has been, let's, everything, whatever you want to share. Oh, well, I've never really been that big of a meat eater. There are some people that say through and through, you know, I am a meat eater. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you could eat, you know, whatever. My mom was always making different things in the kitchen. Kudos to Lori because she was always. <laughs> shout out Lori. Yeah, shout out to Lori. Woo woo. She was always making like pastizio. She was always making Indian food. She was always making Italian food. It was always something different. So she definitely, definitely exposed my sisters and I to a world of flavors. My dad would always take us to, I'm trying to think of the name, some Indian restaurant in Monroeville. He was always taking us to, you know, get Chinese food or Indian food. So I definitely think that opened my mind to different ways of eating. And I was always eating different vegetables too. So And my mom had a, every summer, my mother loves to dig in the dirt is what she calls it. She loves digging in the dirt. And I get that from her. I love gardening. I love plants. And she would always have a vegetable bed. She would grow peas, kale, lettuce, tomatoes, any number of things. So we had an, we had access to all these different vegetables, fruits. So very early on, I was really dependent upon fruits and vegetables so I never felt like I needed tons of meat which I mean we still ate meat but you know it wasn't the main part right whereas some people you know they'll eat like a big piece of steak and like one potato yeah, <laughs> yeah like most or, of Pittsburgh yeah, or you know a piece of broccoli so I never felt like I really ever needed meat Whenever I was first diagnosed, a family member mentioned the paleo diet. So for most people out there who don't know what a paleo diet is, you're eating meat, tons and tons of meat. You don't eat dairy. You don't eat gluten, many grains, uh, but you are eating a lot of meat. And, you know, fruits and vegetables are encouraged, but it's like it's so heavy on the meat. Yeah. So it was suggested to me that I try the paleo diet. I was miserable. I hated it. I had to eat like a big pork chop and like steamed broccoli. And I just felt like it was really boring. I didn't like it. And I didn't feel like it was for me. And then in addition to that, uh, I have always felt empathy for animals because they are living, breathing Creatures that can feel pain, can feel, I genuinely believe they can feel love. And that never sat right with me. Even as a little kid, you know, you go to a farm and you get to pet a pig. 
you at some point one day come to the realization that there's a reason why that pig is on that farm and that always made me really sick to my stomach and I never felt right about that. So that was always in the back of my head. And then when I was on the paleo diet, that just made it worse. I kept thinking about, you know, the lives of the animals that were being just stolen. And I decided that I was going to at least try a plant-based diet or, you know, some kind of heavy plant-based diet. So I started off as a pescatarian that didn't eat dairy. So I was basically eating fish, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds. And I did that for about six months, maybe. And then I got to a certain point where I said, you know what, enough is enough. I don't need this fish. I don't need this seafood in order to live my life. I am making excuses for myself now. Uh, and I think it was just out of really like laziness. So I was making excuses for it. So I decided that I was going to go on the vegan diet because I wasn't eating chicken. I wasn't I wasn't eating poultry. I wasn't eating red meat. I really wasn't eating that much fish anyhow. And I already wasn't eating dairy. Right. So, you know, I just decided to go on the vegan diet because it was something that as a teenager, I had planned on doing it, you know, later on in life when I had more control of. You oh, know, really? food in the house like yeah it had always been a goal of mine wow I was like the hippie kid <laughs> in high school like I remember one earth day I created this event that we were all going to plant trees around like the school's like uh, I think it was like the baseball field they all got mowed down like two weeks later but uh. anyhow um <laughs> I was always the hippie kid I always wore like you know shirts that said think global act local so it was something that i had wanted to do for a long time but i didn't have a lot of control at least a ton of control over what i was eating you know because you're living under somebody's roof so right um that had always been a goal of mine so i have been vegan for mm, since december so almost six months maybe nice yeah so when you did the pescatarian you just switched to that because you were like sick of the paleo Mm -hmm. and then just naturally like just through like your own insight you just decided like okay i'm just gonna go vegan Mm -hmm. and i had through throughout the years i've mean i've seen pita's you know all all of their messaging and i actively watched it to educate myself or certain documentaries on you know where your food comes from so it was i almost felt like i was kind of not being authentic to myself by eating meat um so yeah i just felt like i wasn't being authentic and you know i had these goals to you know eventually live the plant-based lifestyle but i wasn't doing it and it it just felt lazy and it felt like i just wasn't being authentic so you had all those all these little seeds kind of planted throughout Mm -hmm. your whole life and then just eventually just kind of all sprouted at once Mm -hmm. that's a cool way to uh to think of it because I love that term or just telling people, Hey, planting seeds is super important. Like (laughs) somebody might not go vegan now or in three weeks or in a year, but like 10 years down the road, like you never know. Mm -hmm. So just like be very intentional with how you deliver your message Mm -hmm. and don't expect people to do this overnight. Very true. But I think that's cool. So, so you did the paleo diet because somebody recommended it Mm -hmm. as something that might help you. Yeah. 
Um, so when you switched to vegan, what did you notice? Did you see any big changes initially? Um, talk mm-hmm. about that. Oh my gosh. I tell everyone and anyone, and I'm sure my family members get sick and tired of me telling them this, but it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. I feel more connected with the environment. I feel more connected with my pets. I feel more passionate about food and what I'm nourishing my body with. I feel more passionate about helping other people. It literally is, it honestly isn't just what you're eating. It infil, it like flows out <laughs> into every area of your life. And I don't judge other people for eating meat, but I, I do try to educate people in the most empathetic and kindest way and just you know try to educate them by saying like hey beyond meat has like this really delicious you know italian sausage you should give it a try so you know like make these small changes that could eventually lead up to a massive change but it has literally changed my life i have more energy i am not although this past week for some reason i've just been like super super tired (laughs) but i have more energy i sleep better I very rarely ever have any pain in my knees, my left shoulder, my my SI joint. It doesn't happen as much. It literally just changed the way that I was living my life. But I think the other thing that really helped was that it made me more conscious of what I was eating and why I was eating it. Because on the paleo diet, It was just, you know, just eat meat and just eat fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds. What's that, you know, but why? Right. Why am I eating this? So uh, the vegan diet has definitely made me feel much different spiritually and physically. Like it really has. Yeah, that's amazing. So where are you at on that scale now? Uh, like a plus 10. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. That much of a difference. And I still have bad days, of course. Sure. But like I said before, when I was at that five out of 30 days, I was having three good days. Now out of 30 days, I'm having 27 good days. Wow. So I'm only having three bad days. So it was kind of just like switched. Yeah. So when you're on, when you're doing the paleo, you were still having those three good days and feeling like a five or... I was having, yeah, I was having three good days and feeling like a five. And now that I'm on the paleo diet, I feel like I'm having 27 good days and three bad days. The or vegan the vegan diet, diet yeah. yeah. The paleo diet. <laughs> don't be confusing the listeners. <laughs> we don't need any of that keto no, bullshit no. in here. Nope, we don't need that crap. That is super awesome. Um, I resonate. You know, obviously I can't say from the autoimmune perspective um, how it's affected me, but from the sense of you feeling like, it just infiltrated all parts of your life. Mm-hmm. I wish I could describe, like, I, I really, really wish there was a way to describe to people who don't live this way how it affects you like that. Yeah. And it's so true. And you talk to so many people, and you're just like, yo, did you, did you feel it too? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm just like, ah, uh, like, it's so cool. It's such a high. It is. It really is. Like, it, it, I don't know if it, like, I want to know if there's science behind it because I feel like Mm -hmm. if there's maybe like actual, like new, like neurological pathways that open because it was like, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding when I say it happened (laughs) overnight. Like I watched a documentary called Earthlings and I've talked about it on this podcast a bunch, Mm -hmm. but literally right after I watched that and I decided I'm vegan now, it was like 
immediately felt connected to the earth, to the animals, like just a more compassionate person. And like, Mm -hmm. it's only grown since then. And now maybe I don't like feel it as much just in the sense of like, because I've been living this way so long, this is what's normal for me. Mm -hmm. But back then it was like going from like A to B. It Mm -hmm. was like turned basically just like turning on the light switch and just like, whoa, like this is it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's super cool. Was there anything like what what was the biggest shock for you or like surprising thing that you noticed that maybe you didn't expect? I would say there are two things. So I was really surprised that I wasn't hungry all the time. Because like I said, you when you are on a plant-based diet, you have to consciously think about, okay, like am I getting enough of the nutrients that I need? Uh, so that, that I thought, you know, well, I, I worried, I wasn't thinking like a hundred percent for sure that I would be hungry all the time. I was worried that I would be not at all. I actually swear I eat less now than I did before because I am filling my body with things that are nourishing and more filling it with more things that are nourishing than I did before. And then the other thing is I was just surprised by how many plant-based alternatives there are out there like nut cheeses or meat substitutes that was really cool yeah just kind of like opening yourself up to this whole new world that you Mm -hmm. didn't know was there yeah it was neat so in terms of you're studying to become nutritionist Mm -hmm. right um, you know, so obviously we don't want to make any like scientific claims or correlations, but in terms of your autoimmune disease, um, as far as like the numbers go, I know you told mm-hmm. me something before we recorded this podcast, you mm-hmm. know, the last time that you had your doctor's appointment, what, what were the, the results from that? It was amazing. I, so when I f- was first diagnosed with UCTD, they had me coming in, I think every three months. So I was getting blood work every three months. And that was awful. And then after my levels became a little more steady, then I was going every six months. And I think it was March is when I went to my last appointment. So like this past March, Um, or maybe it was February, February or March, I went into the doctor and he said, your levels are so good. You're doing so well that we're going to decrease your medication and you don't have to see me for another year. Wow. I cried so hard when I got <laughs> to the car. And and my rheumatologist is just the coolest guy. So shout out to Dr. Gold for being shout one of the most, yeah, most empathetic, understanding, wonderful human beings. He also loves photography. We follow each other on Instagram. Nice. Um, <laughs> he is very supportive. So if if something works for you, he's like, you should go out and do it. Uh, whereas some doctors would be like, you need to eat meat, you need to do this, you need to do that. But he's very supportive. And I, I just was so excited. I was ecstatic. I couldn't believe just how well I was doing. And it was the first time probably in my life, honestly, that I can remember that I had felt that good and was doing that well. It, it's, it, it literally was just like a miracle. Um, it was amazing. So now I don't have to take as much medication and I'm regulating my levels by paying attention to my body, listening to my body. So if I need to rest, I need to rest. And 
you know, just filling my body with the things that it should be filled with instead of, you know, rotting flesh of animals. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems simple, right? Yeah. So what kind of things are you eating on a daily basis? I eat, well, this is actually something that I just recently learned in my nutrition class, probably mm, last week. We were learning about protein and the the best protein that you can get. So uh, the way that the professor put it was eating meat is like eating yourself, which just sounds awful anyhow. That sounds terrible. He's literally said that verbatim. He was like, eating meat is like eating yourself. He said, you know, it's like the highest form of protein because of, you know, it has iron in it and it has protein in it and all that other stuff. But he said, he posed a question and said, is it possible to eat a plant-based diet? And he goes, yes, of course it is. You can eat, you just have to make sure that the things that you're eating come together to make complete proteins that are just as nourishing and filling and good for your body as meat. So you don't have to eat meat in order to get complete enriching protein. So... A lot of the things, an example of, if some people out there don't know that, like an example of like a complete protein coming together is rice and beans. Separately, they are not a complete protein, but when you put them together, they are have the same nutritional value as like a piece of steak. Right. So. And just quickly to interject and just not to spread confusion, plants themselves they contain all the essential mm-hmm. amino acids. It's just the ratios are different. Yes. So that's one thing that can be really confusing to say, uh, plants don't have complete proteins. They do, but mm-hmm. that's why it's important to eat a variety of yes. foods. So mm-hmm. if you're just eating rice, you're not going to get the the amino acid in the correct levels. Mm-hmm. So the rice itself is a complete protein, but one amino acid may be only 5%, one mm-hmm. other one is 80. So by eating a variety of foods, that that's when it's going to come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I try to eat, you know, I try to eat a lot of bowls. I make a lot of bowls, so I'll eat, like, rice, beans. Trader Joe's has this really good soy chorizo sausage that I like oh, to yeah, eat. Oh, yeah, really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's delicious. So I actually made, like, a bowl with that with, like, a ton of veggies on it, and I had, like, a vegan mayo aioli on it. It was just so good. Um, so I eat a lot of that. Uh for breakfast, I tend to eat a lot of oatmeal yeah. with fruit and nuts on it, maple syrup, cinnamon. You can get the almond butter. You can get like really creative with that. Um, I love eating pasta with, oh, I love putting tofu into pasta sauce because it okay. almost has like a cheesy Like consist- a ricotta. Yeah, like it has like a ricotta consistency. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, I snack a lot on fruits and vegetables and nuts. Um, I will literally, I probably eat about 500 calories of nuts a day. Wow. Not that like, you know, I'm suggesting I wouldn't do that. But for me personally, like I love eating like pecans and cashews, macadamia nuts. So I eat a lot of that. So yeah, I eat like, like you were saying, like a variety of foods. Like that's really important to eat a variety of foods. Uh, so I tend to eat a lot of bowls, so that have like you know either quinoa, rice as like a base, and then fruits and veggies, and you know some kind of whatever in it. Just trying to get as much variety as mm-hmm. possible. Eating, trying to eat the rainbow. I like that. Yeah, saying. eating the rainbow yeah. definitely. The more colorful, the more colorful. I feel like the healthier it is. Definitely, so. definitely. Do you like to cook? 
Oh yes, I love cooking. Yeah, it's it's even more fun now because I get to be more creative. I think it's really opened my mind to a bunch of different things. So my husband and I went to Whole Foods last night and I have had dragon fruit flavored things, but I've never actually had fresh dragon fruit. I probably looked like I had just seen a ghost after I like took my <laughs> first bite. I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I want to talk about your blog, Hello Portobello's. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the inspiration for that? And, and talk about that, what it is and um, yeah, how that came about. Mm-hmm. Well, I really wanted to start a blog, but it was very important for me to have the information or at least the credentials to back it up. Had I known this, though, uh, so Cornell, who I'm getting my certification through, they actually have a plant-based nutrition course as well, which I didn't know that. You didn't know Really? No, I did not know that. So I may be doing that one next do it. I heard it's amazing. Yeah, I hear it's pretty good. So I may actually it's do that like one. It's by like the OG grandpa vegan uh-huh. the, um, <laughs> T. Colin Campbell. So yeah. yeah, you don't get really any more uh, authentic than that. Top tier <laughs> education from, yeah. the, from the master himself, the China mm-hmm. study. Anyway, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, it, it's uh, so I decided to, you know, get my certification in nutrition because I felt like that was really important. And, you know, what you were saying, you know, about like complete proteins, like there's still so much yet for me to learn, but that's only going to happen through like things like this and, you know, understanding the other side of it, like the, the animal based side of it. And then, you know, the plant based side of it. So I'm still learning so much, but I decided first that I was going to get my certification in nutrition because I really wanted to understand and have something to back up the information that I was putting on my blog. And then the second thing is I really wanted to show other people the light that comes from a vegan diet and that you don't have to eat animals or put our environment in jeopardy in order to live a fulfilling and satisfied and a beautiful life. Like it's it's fun to eat I don't know. I sound so lame. Like, it's so fun to eat fruits and vegetables. I love it. Like, it's so fun to, like, experiment with different things. And I want to share that joy with other people. And hopefully, maybe, you know, they can do meatless Mondays. And then maybe they can do without meat Wednesdays. And it just, you know, Ooh, infiltrates. I like that one. Without yep, with meat, meat Wednesdays. Wednesdays. And it just infiltrates into other areas of their life. And, you know, it it helps them make a change. And especially people with autoimmune diseases, that's another thing that I want to discuss more on my blog is to talk about what you're putting into your body is really going to make a huge impact on the way you feel. A huge impact. Yeah. So it sounds like you've really taken that um, kind of outlet of of sharing this message and being Mm -hmm. able to help other people. Oh, yeah. Really uh, goes hand in hand with, you know, not laying down and being that uh chronic chronic would you say chronic pain (laughs) (laughs) and going the other route and and inspiring people to to hopefully take a similar path that you have Mm -hmm. and go from a negative 10 to a plus 10 Mm -hmm. i actually had a woman reach out to me on instagram who said i read your your blog and i just wanted to let you know that i actually went on a vegan diet for my chronic pain and it helped 
So uh, that's that was a really interesting and rewarding interaction that I had. So yeah. That's super awesome. And I'm sure as you keep doing this, you're going to get more. Mm-hmm. You're so early on in your journey. And I you've know. Already, you know, <laughs> I mean, no, you already have done an amazing job of, of sharing that with others. And well, thank uh, you. yeah. And, and for anybody who uh, is listening, you should definitely check out uh, Hello Portobello's on Instagram. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what's the website? So it's helloportobellos.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Portobello's is spelled with an O. Not an A. That is something that I had to learn at the very beginning. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Every time I go to look it up, I'm just like, why can't I find this? I'm like, oh, Portobello's has an O in it. Uh, yeah. yeah, that happened to me. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I, I, I like to think I'm good at spelling, but no, I'm, I, I really rely a lot on like autocorrect. Oh, same here. I'm just like, man, I would be lost. I'd be lost without GPS. I'd be lost without autocorrect. Oh, same here. Same here. It's so sad. (laughs) It's sad, but at the same time, it's like technology, future. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So where do you see yourself in five years? Or where do you want to be in five years? Well, I would like to be a mother. Um that is something that I've struggled with for a very long time. It's like, do I want them? Do I not want them? Do I want them? Do I not want them? And the older that I get, I will be 29 next month. The older that I get, the more I think, you know what? I really want a little person that looks like, (laughs) I I just want like a little person that looks like the perfect combination of my husband and I. Um, And I can make them vegan smoothies in the morning and, you know, go out there and spread my, my love of this world with them and I would love to travel with my children that is something that I really want them to see I didn't travel past South Carolina as a kid or or past Florida I would say so I really want my kids to be exposed to people that don't look like them people that don't talk like them people that live differently from them so I really want to have children within the next five years and be traveling with them and have a successful blog, you know, create this wonderful online community and physical community around me of plant eaters that, you know, are just spreading positivity and light. So those are really my big ones. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more, at least with the the plant-based community. I'm, I'm definitely not sold on kids yet, so <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to give you a chance to just say pretty much uh, any last words for someone who might be listening. Um, maybe especially those who might be listening who are also dealing with autoimmune disease. Um, and then we'll leave it, leave it off on that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited that you asked me to do this. So this is, this has been an honor and I sound like my grandmother when I say this, but a real treat. Uh, <laughs> so it's been an honor. I think that the most important thing that we can learn from really any kind of human struggle is that it will not define you. It defines a certain period in your life, but if you allow it to define your entire existence, you're only doing a disservice to yourself and other people. So I am not letting UCTD define my life. I am letting it define a certain chapter that brought me to where I am now. And Honestly, regardless of all the bad things that happen in your day, it is all going to be okay. And 
other people need to hear that. You need to hear that. I need to hear that. Everything is going to be okay. You know, nourish your body with the right things. Be kind to other people and just be kind to yourself and allow yourself to grow into whoever it is you are supposed to become in the next chapter. Well spoken. (laughs) I think that is a good place to end there. Words of wisdom. Again, thank you for being here. And um, you're local here in Pittsburgh. So we got to do some more stuff together for sure. I agree. Yeah. We need like a B-52 date or Apteca or something. Oh, yeah. Definitely feeling that. Mm -hmm. Definitely feeling that. Yeah, it's hard. You know, it's hard to sometimes have people who are in the same mindset as you um, to connect with. And, and yeah. places like, you know, Pittsburgh is, I feel like the city's pretty open, but it can be challenging sometimes mm-hmm. to, you know, this is a meat and potatoes kind of city, very blue collar. Through so. and through. <laughs> yeah, so us, us vegans got to stick together. We do. <laughs> We're all we've got. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, thank you again, and uh, we will talk soon. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Guys, you did it. This is the end of this episode. But if you're still listening, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking around. If you did find value in this content, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps spread the message as far as it possibly can go. And don't forget to share with a family member or a friend, somebody you think would also find value in this message. If you guys want to keep up with me and have a chance to win some awesome prizes and giveaways or just stay in the know, Head to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com and sign up for my newsletter. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.